Jesus ministered in many different locations, from fields to boats to synagogues. However, on a number of occasions, we see where Jesus entered the house. Check out Matthew chapter 9, verse 23. When Jesus entered the ruler's house. Now, this is a short part of an amazing story where Jesus actually raises a dead girl back to life. That is amazing. But don't miss this amazing part. Jesus entered their house. Jesus had a thing for home visits. On at least 20 different accounts in Scripture, we see where Jesus visited people in their homes. Why? Because Jesus always went where people are. Jesus always wants to be with people. Jesus loves people. Jesus loves hanging out with people. There's another incredible story of Jesus making a visit to someone's home. And it's in Luke chapter 19 and beginning in verse number 1. Luke 19 and verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Did you catch that? I must be a guest in your home today. Maybe some of you need to hear that today. Jesus is saying to us, I must be a guest in your home today. Verse 6, Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Zacchaeus was just overjoyed that Jesus was going to come to his house. Verse 7, but the people were displeased. He has gone to the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. So Zacchaeus is glad, Jesus is glad, but the people, they're kind of mad. They're really riled up that Jesus would go to this guy's house because as the scripture says, he was a notorious sinner. Verse 8, Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Listen, salvation is always an encounter with Jesus. Zacchaeus, he responds with this faith-filled obedience, willing to do whatever he's got to do because he's believing in the person of Jesus, the one who was in his home today. And Jesus declared that salvation had come to his home. And then look at verse number 10. For the Son of Man, Jesus referring to himself, came to seek and to save those who are lost. Verse 10 tells us why Jesus came here to this earth. Verse 10 tells us why, why Jesus made this visit to Zacchaeus' house. There's another story about Jesus making a home visit in Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11 and verse 37. These were the guys 
that would have been a part of the crowd that would have said, man, Jesus, you shouldn't go to Zacchaeus's house. Luke chapter 11 and verse 37. As Jesus was speaking, one of the Pharisees invited him home for a meal. So he went in and took his place at the table. So three times now we've read where Jesus has actually entered into someone's home. Think about that for just a moment. Jesus walking into their home. Verse 38. His host was amazed to see that he sat down to eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony required by Jewish custom. Then the Lord said to him, You Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and wickedness. Verse 40, Fools, didn't God make the inside as well as the outside? So clean the inside by giving gifts to the poor, and you will be clean all over. Jesus definitely points to their greater need, which wasn't on the outside, but it was on the inside. He spoke to the need they had down deep in their souls. They needed something more than the religion that they participated in. They needed something more than the place they would go to worship. They needed a person, and he was pointing to himself. He was pointing to the very one they needed. There he was sitting in their homes right in front of them, and they completely missed it. Jesus made a lot of visits to his friends and to his followers, and he would go to their home, and there he would rest. There they would laugh together. There they would eat together. There they would learn together, and there his followers would worship him. Yes, his, follow, his followers worshipped him at home. Jesus made several more home visits near the end of his life. He went to Caiaphas' home. He went to see Pilate at his house. He went to see Herod. None of these visits were pleasant. All of these visits were leading up to him being condemned to die, and yet he willingly went to their homes knowing that the end result was him going to the cross knowing the end result was him dying on the cross for their sin, for Zacchaeus' sin, for the Pharisees' sin, and for our sin. He did this for you and for me. But after his death, Jesus came back from the dead. And after he came back from the dead, he made some more visits. He went to see his disciples some of his disciples told some of his other disciples they had seen Jesus and they said, no, nah, it can't be true. Jesus died like he's not alive anymore. And they struggled to believe that he could be there with him. When Jesus appeared to some of the 12, they were amazed and they struggled with unbelief that he was actually there with him in their home. But yet there he was. Well, Jesus stayed a few more days here on this earth. But after a few days, Jesus actually ascended, like lifted up into the air and went back to heaven. And before he ascended, he told his followers that it actually was better for him to leave and to go back to heaven than him for him to stay. Which begs the question, I thought he wanted to be with people. I thought he wanted to spend time with his friends and with his followers. Well, he does. And when he said, it's better for me to go back, he also gave them a promise he said, when I go back to heaven, I'm sending something better. I'm sending my spirit, my Holy Spirit. 
And my Holy Spirit's not going to be restricted or constricted by space and time. My Holy Spirit's going to be with you all, always, anytime, anywhere, all the time. And so here's what I want you to get today. It's so huge. It's so massive as we think about the empty grave. The empty grave means Jesus can be with us now. Don't miss that. The empty grave means that Jesus can be with us now, again, anytime, all the time, anywhere. Where are you right now while you're watching this video? Most likely, you're at home. Well, here's me, here's my family, and this is where we are sitting most of the time on Sunday morning to worship, just like you are, as a part of Holland Chapel. And we just want you to know that Jesus can be with you. Jesus wants to be with you. Jesus is with you now. Listen to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27. It says, For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ, all of God and His presence in Jesus. He says it's for you Gentiles too, meaning it's for everybody. It's not to a limited group of people. It's for Jews. It's for Gentiles. It's for everyone. And here's what he says. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. I'm going to repeat that. Christ lives in you. Think about that for just a moment. Christ lives in me. Christ lives in you. So earlier this week, I'm doing what a lot of you have been doing lately. I'm scrolling through Facebook and social media, and I see this post from Brandy. Uh, Brandy's son, his name is Zane, and a lot of you know who Zane is because we've been praying for Zane. Zane earlier this year had a kidney transplant. His dad, Kirk, gave him his kidney, and Zane's home now. He's doing really well. And um, this is how the story went down the other night that Brandy posted. Here's what Brandy said. Last night, Zane said he wished God would come to our house. I asked him why, and he said, well, I want to hug him. I told him, well, I can't wait to hug him either. Then Zane said, well, God is in our heart, and if we hug ourselves, we are hugging God. Zane gets it. Maybe you consider yourself to be religious. Maybe you consider yourself to be a notorious center, sinner. Maybe you consider yourself to be a follower of Jesus. Jesus wants to spend time with you in your home. As you think about Jesus coming into your house, what an amazing thought that is. What an amazing idea that is. And I want you to understand that it's a reality because Jesus died on the cross, came back from the dead, left here to go to heaven and sent his spirit. He's with us now. Christ lives in you. I want to give you a few things to consider as you think about Jesus coming to your house. Number one, when Jesus comes to your house, warmly welcome him. Open the door. Let him in. Give him a seat at your place. Number two, treat him like family. Or maybe I should say, treat him the way you're supposed to treat family. Let him know that he belongs with you in your home. Let him know that you belong with him and that you want to be together. Experience that relationship that he has for you. Number three, 
Give him the best you have. I don't know what that means for you today. I don't know what that speaks to you today. But as you think about Jesus being a guest in your home, give him the best you have. Number four, have a conversation with him and take his advice. Don't just spend all of your time having him listen to you. Make sure you listen to him because he wants to speak into your life. He wants to give you advice. He wants to give you wisdom. He wants to give you direction. And so when he speaks, listen. When he speaks, be willing to do what he says because he knows what is best for you. Number five, give him access to the whole house. Don't hide anything. Don't shove anything under the rug. Let him go wherever he wants to go. Let him see whatever he wants to see. Let him know everything about you. Here's the thing. He already knows everything about you and he loves you anyway. And so just go ahead and give him full access. And number six, number six is Zane's number six. Give him a hug. He wants to be with you. The empty tomb means that Jesus can be with us now. He wants to bring awareness of your need of him. He wants to bring rescue. He wants to bring friendship. He wants to bring hope. He wants to bring healing. He wants to be with you. He wants to bring salvation. In the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible, Jesus speaks, and when he speaks in Revelation, there's a spot where he says, I'm standing at the door and knocking. It's this mental image of Jesus being on the outside, wanting on the inside. Jesus doing what all of us do when we want in, knocking. Him saying, I'll want to come in. Let me in. Followers of Jesus Church, let him in. He's knocking. Don't keep him on the outside. Let him be with you right now. If you're gathered with your family right now, don't leave Jesus out. Let him in. Maybe you're at home by yourself right now, and it's been a while since you've seen anyone. Let Jesus in. He wants to come in. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you're not a believer yet, let him in. The story of Zacchaeus means a lot to me for a lot of reasons, but here's the biggest reason why. Guess where I was when I accepted Jesus as my Savior? I was at my house when I was a boy. All four of my kids that you just saw a moment ago, they came to faith in Jesus at home. Listen, you, right where you are in your home today, you can be saved. If you need to experience the forgiveness of sin and the salvation of Jesus, you can right now where you are. If you'd like to receive Jesus, would you pray this prayer? It's going to come on the screen and I'm going to read and I'd love for you to pray and allow Jesus to enter into your home, more importantly, for Jesus to enter into your life and into your heart by faith. Here's the prayer. Jesus, I call upon your name. I believe 
you died for my sins on the cross. I believe you came back from the dead. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Please save me, Jesus. Amen. If you just now trusted Jesus, we want to celebrate with you. We want to encourage you. We want to know about it. If you prayed to trust Jesus, would you text trust now one word to the number on the screen 9494000 the word trust now. Our team is anxious to to hear from you. Listen, the empty grave means Jesus can be with us now. I want to pray for all of us. Father, I bow before you right now, thanking you for Jesus, thanking you for dying on the cross, Jesus, for our sin, thanking you that you came back from the dead and the grave is empty, thanking you that you went back to heaven so that you could be with all of us in our hearts and in our homes today, all of us at the same time, experiencing your presence and your power and your goodness. Help us to know that you are with us now. Tomorrow on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday afternoon, you are going to be with us. For those that are going into the hospitals to serve and to work, you are with them when they go. When we're at home by ourselves, you are with us. When we're at home to worship on Sunday morning, you are with us. We thank you. We praise you. And it's in Jesus' incredible, powerful, resurrected name that we pray. Amen. Excuse me, I, I think someone's here.